Welcome to Freedom to Choose from Just As I Am Ministries, a nonprofit providing hope to those caught in the devastation of addiction or who are searching for a better way to live. In this series, The Life, you'll study the life of Jesus. Who is he? What is he really like? Does he care about me? Rich and Susan Collenberg are a husband and wife team who found freedom over two decades ago from their lives of drug addiction and alcoholism. They found biblical answers and now share their experience of freedom on Freedom to Choose. Hello, everyone. My name is Rich Collenberg. And my name is Susan Collenberg. Welcome once again to Freedom to Choose on our series, The Life. And this is Freedom to Choose program number 14 on this on the series, The Life. And uh, before we get going, Susan, would you open with a word of prayer? Please? Yes. Lord, uh, we just thank you so much for the blessings of your word and the um, stories that we can read in the Bible that will help us to to navigate not just this world, but our walk with you. And um, Lord, it seems like things are um, are changing around us, but, um, but you are uh, provided all this information that we may be um, aware of your faithfulness and, and that... Um, you're there to carry us through even the stormiest of times. And please send your spirit to be with us, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Now, this is uh, program 14, uh, Walking on Water. Uh, before we get going, you know what I was thinking about um, on the way here, about uh, what, a, what a virus does, what a mm. virus. And a virus is a lot like a lie, you know, do I mean? Does a virus cause damage to your mm-hmm. to your body, mm-hmm. and it spreads, doesn't it? It does. It does. What well, What about a lie? Can a lie cause damage to your? Absolutely. See, it, it, what it, what would happen? And we're gonna I'm gonna set up a little um, scenario here. But what would happen, Susan, if somebody came to you with a picture of me with another woman, all doctored up, and it was somebody you trusted? Mm-hmm. And they, somebody that I trusted that the picture was with you or somebody that gave me the picture? Somebody that you trusted the person that gave me the pic, gave you the picture right. of me, but it was a doctor that was Photoshopped. Mm-hmm. And they said, you know, Susan, I don't know what to say, but uh, Rich has been seeing this person here for two years. Mm-hmm. What, what, would, what would you, and it's a lie, it's not true. Right. Right? But you believed it. Right. What would that do to you? Would well, it change your behavior? Absolutely, it would. Ma- I would be very upset, and then I want the first thing I want to do would be to protect myself, right? So, so what would you do? Probably go to the bank and to withdraw all so the, the money. So the first thing would be your... change the locks on the doors. Okay, and... so I'm I can't come to my own house, even though there's I've done nothing wrong, mm-hmm. and I can't. I have no money now, even though I've done nothing wrong. Mm-hmm. And are you damaged? Yes. Oh yeah, you're devastated. You're hurt, and it's a lie. It's like a virus. It's the same thing. It causes damage and it spreads. And more, th- once you believe that lie, you start looking at everything in a different light. Uh-huh. Now I'm no longer rich. Mm-hmm. I'm that dirty, no good, right? Right. And see, so so lies are like because we got there's viruses going around right now. We know, and we're, you know, we we need to protect ourselves. We're wearing face masks. We're doing whatever we can 
to protect ourselves. Mm-hmm. But there's there's a that's an it, there's an object lesson to that. It's it's just like lies in the spiritual world. So it matters what we believe. It matters w- when we look at these stories in the Bible about the life of Jesus that we look at them in the proper light. Mm-hmm. That we dissect them and we think about them in reality and what they really mean and right. how if if Jesus said if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Right. What, did he really mean that? Really? If God the Father would have came, would he have been acted just like Jesus? Yes. Mm-hmm. He would have. He was God in human flesh. He knelt down and washed a dozen pair of dirty feet. You mm-hmm. know? He didn't condemn the woman that was thrown down and dealt, nor did he condemn the guys that threw her down. He protected everybody's identity. I think when we look at the Bible in that light, as we start uh, looking here at, at, at what happened on that grassy plain um, after he fed the 5,000 and what was going through their minds. Mm-hmm. I mean, picture the—because we're, we're going to talk a little bit about the, the, what, pre, what was the precursor to the walking on the water. Remember we talked last program about Jesus feeding the 5,000. Uh, pic, picture thousands of people sitting on a grassy plain in the twilight of the spring evening— and the people are eating food that Jesus had provided. Remember, he multiplied the fish and the loaves. And the words that they heard that day were the voice of God. The works of healing that they had witnessed were the works that only divine power could f- perform. Right. And the miracle of the loaves appealed to everybody there. And they all shared in that day what God had provided to them. Um, in Moses' time, God fed Israel with manna in the desert, and now the the feeding of the one that was foretold by Moses right. fed them. And no human power could have created enough food from those five barley loaves and two small fish to feed the thousands of hungry people. And they said to, to one another, this is the truth of the prophet that should come into the world. Yep, and all day long the conviction about Jesus was getting stronger and stronger. And then that crowning act of him feeding the 5,000, they knew that their long-looked-for deliverer was among them. The hopes of the people rise higher and higher, and now they're starting to say in their hearts, this is the one who will make Judea a paradise who will make it a land flowing with milk and honey. Right. They continued on thinking he's the one who can satisfy every desire. He can break the hand of the hated Romans. Right. And he can deliver Judah and Jerusalem. He can heal the soldiers who were wounded in battle. He can supply whole armies with food. He can conquer the nations and give Israel their long sought after dominion. So what did they want? They wanted a God that was going to do their bidding, to do their will. Mm. Now in their enthusiasm, has them the people are ready to crown Jesus. They're ready to call him their king. And discussing the things together, they agree to take Jesus by force. They, 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 they want him to do what they want him to do. They want him to be the king so that he can lead them into battle and annihilate their enemies. And the disciples united with the crowd, declaring the throne of David the rightful inheritance of their master. They also say that it's the modesty of Jesus that causes them to refuse the honor. So the people say, let us exalt our deliverer. Let the arrogant priests and the rulers be forced to honor him. Right. So they begin to carry out those plans, and Jesus sees what's happening, and he understands what would be the result of a movement like this. The priests and the rulers were already hunting him at that time, and they accused him of drawing the people away. 
Violence and insurrection would follow any effort to place him on the throne, and the work of the spiritual kingdom would stall out. So without delay, that movement had to be checked and so, stopped. Right. Jesus sees what could be the results of that. Not only that, but he didn't want to be that kind of king anyway. He wants. Where does he want to set the kingdom up at, Susan? Probably in our hearts, In our right? hearts and minds. Yeah. It's not an external kingdom. So calling his disciples, Jesus tells them to take the boat and return to Capernaum right away. And, leave, and, and he wanted to be left to dismiss the people himself. They thought, wow, this is strange. I mean, we've got, we've got this, this movement that's ready. To, it's ready. It's ripe. We can put him right on the throne. And now he wants, to, he wants to stifle the enthusiasm and shut this whole thing down. And, 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 he, and they just couldn't understand that. Right, because there were so many people there because of the Passover. And his followers thought, well, this is the golden opportunity to establish the master on the throne of Israel. So with all of this ambition, it was hard for the disciples to go away by themselves and to leave Jesus alone. Yeah, so they, 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 they protested, but Jesus spoke with authority. He had never, you know, he... Um, and believe it or not, truth, authority, authority comes from the truth. That's the only thing that gives it authority. In other words, truth can come out of a donkey, mm, mm-hmm. right? And that has authority. Even though it's coming from a donkey, it has authority. Mm-hmm. Um, Pilate's wife, what did she say to Pilate? You know what? I suffered a lot last night because of this man in a dream. Mm-hmm. We shouldn't be harming him. Was that truth? Right. Yes. So she had authority at that point in time because of the truth. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't really—authority, a title doesn't give one authority. The truth is what gives them authority. Right. The rocks will have authority. When Jesus said the rocks will even cry out if need be, Mm -hmm. they would have authority because of truth. So truth is what what gives a person authority. It's not a title. It's not a rank. It's what's true that gives people authority. Right. Right. And um, it's interesting. So then the next thing is Jesus commands everybody to disperse, and he goes up into the mountain apart from everybody so he can pray. And he prayed for God to reveal to men the character of his mission, that Satan may not blind their, that Satan wouldn't blind their understanding and pervert their judgment. Instead of his exaltation to the throne of David, they were to witness his crucifixion. That was to be his true coordination. Yeah, you know, and without the Holy Spirit to enlighten the mind and add to their compre- comprehension, the di- disciples would get would get crossed up. I mean, in fact, they actually did. When 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 you see him on the cross, he looks like the loser that day. Well, I think, the, and that's a, know? a lesson for all of us. So many times, as we you know live our lives, we we don't see what's really going on behind the scenes, and we. Um, can get crossed up just like the disciples did if we're not open to that spirit of God teaching us. And so um, sometimes, you know, life doesn't turn out exactly the way we planned it, and it's probably because of the reason of the plans that we had weren't according to God's will. So um, I think that's something we always have to be, you know, aware of and cognizant of that— you know, God's glory isn't necessarily, cannot be equal to what humans believe glory is. 
Right. You know, so they, his, yeah, he, the way that he conquered is with truth and love, not with a rod and blood and and war. He conquered by um, rest- restoration, restoring people, um, restoring the whole human race back from it being um, given over to uh, the um, evilness of selfishness. Yeah, so he wants to change the individual. He wants to come in and change the individual. Right. You want to change the world? Change yourself. Right. You know, that's the, start with so, yourself. Start with yourself, right. right? And so he wants to change the individual, but but sometimes we want we want a vending machine for God. We mm-hmm. want him to do what we want him to do. Jesus saw that that was happening, and he had to he had to disperse that and say, you know, you're not going to like it when I get put put on the cross and I win the entire universe that day, even and and it it's going to appear to you like I'm the loser of the day. Right, and I think sometimes in our life we can look at things that happen to us and we can say, well, that it's not fair or it's not right. And and I heard someone say the other day or read something somewhere, they said, um, don't, look at, don't look at things as things happening to you, but as things happening for you. So when we, so when we do come across um, disappointment and discouragement and things that kind of make us set back, Try to see a way where we can grow from it. Okay, so so repeat that again. In other words, when something is happening to you, right. we need to flip it 180 degrees around and say, it's not happening to me, it's happening for me. Right, so if you're having trouble with a coworker or in your marriage or a friendship or wherever it may be, and you're thinking, you know, wow, why why are they doing that to me? Instead of somebody doing something to you, Try to flip that situation around and say, okay, God, I don't understand what's going on, but use this for my development. So in other words, it's therapeutic. Right. It's happening for me, for my growth. Right. Yeah. Very important. Yeah, that's an interesting concept. I'm glad you shared that. That's really, really neat. It's not happening to me. It's happening for me. Right. For therapeutic value. Right. So when the disciples murmured because they hadn't been permitted to proclaim Jesus as their king like their plans were— um, they knew that Jesus was hated by the Pharisees and that the Pharisees were eager to see um, him. They, they, they really wanted him to be exalted as the king, uh, to be united with a teacher who could work these mighty miracles and yet be reviled by deceivers was a trial that they couldn't even begin to un, you know, bear, let alone understand why, why it would end up like that. They were looking for the earthly glory, and they were just— And if he would have just done that, then they thought if he would have just done what they wanted to, then they would no longer be called deceivers. Right. And everybody saying, this guy's a loser. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, And so then they're they're asking themselves, were they, you know, followers of a false prophet? How come Jesus never asserted his authority as a king? Why didn't— if he had so much power, why didn't he make my life less painful? Have you ever asked yourself that question? If he's got so much power, why is my life so painful? Right. Why? Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Well, I know that, you know, I went through that time that and it basically affected me for for years into my adulthood by being sexually molested when I was a child. and And I remember thinking, if God was so powerful, how could he let that happen to me? Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until I you know, went through those years of drug addiction and, and just a bad, bad um, lifestyle for the next 25 years was I, 
and and then you know gave my heart to the Lord. It wasn't until after that that I learned that bad things happen to us, but it's how we respond to them. It's how we view them. It's how we, so now I can look back and I can say it wasn't God's plan that I would go through that, but it's made me into a person today that, um, that I can empathize with other people that have and, been through that. and sympathize with people that have gone through that or similar circumstances. So it, it's actually helped me to grow into the woman that I, I like being now, even though it was a very difficult time, you know, through all those other years. Well, you said something important, that it wasn't God's will that that happened to you. you and people say, well, it's God's will. It's God. Or if God would, then I wouldn't have to go through. If God would step in, I wouldn't have to go through this, right? Yeah. So so it was, and I've heard people say that it's God's will. It, look, at why did Jesus come? Because to show God, us God's will. Cause, yeah, because God's will is not being done on this planet. Right. We're killing each other. Right. That's not God's will. It's off the hook right now. God's will is not being done. That's why Jesus came to show us what God's will really looks like. Mm-hmm. And he came and he tried to run the show like God would run it, but on this planet he couldn't. They nailed him on the cross. He did not like that form of government. They didn't like the way he treated people. Right. And so before I was converted, and I think conversion is a daily ongoing process, I would always think, you know, I want I want revenge. I want the people that hurt me to be hurt how they hurt me. I wanted to see something happen. I wanted the scales of justice to be equaled out so that somebody had as much pain as I had. And then it was like I had this false sense of if only... If only they got the pain that they gave me, then that would equal out justice. But in reality, what I've come to understand is God's God's, God's world doesn't act on on human minds of justice. There is no restoration of my innocence. There's only a a um, continued development of who I am as a person. Right? He can't restore that, but he can. In, I don't know if that makes sense. So yeah. God's justice is about recreating the human being. So your enemies could be recreated. Right. So And that so, would be the just thing for God to do is to win them to the kingdom as well. Right. So so God's, I think, justice is restoring me. And then once I'm restored, my desire is no longer for revenge, but for restoration exactly. of the person that hurt me. Yep. And I believe that's God's way. And in the world today, it's like we really want to go back, and um, we want that. Re- we want wretched. We want instant. Re- re- yeah, we want revenge. Right. And- we want revenge, and we think we need, want justice. But God's justice is different yep. he, than what the world's sense of justice yeah, is. Yeah, His will is not that not any should per- perish. Right. God's got that bigger picture where He stands above and says that what's the only thing that is ne- that is needed in this world is to have a converted heart. Yeah. Not, what do you suppose is going to happen when David runs into Uriah the Hittite in heaven? After he, after had, him he killed, had him killed, right? killed and committed adultery with his wife. You know, the, when you stop and you think about it, he actually handed Uriah his death New, Knowing that Uriah was an upright person and wouldn't right. open and take a peek of his own uh, death, death orders. Warrant, right. Yeah. yeah. See, and so they are going to meet. And you think Dave, uh, Uriah is going to hate David in heaven? 
No. Well, and I think there's going to be, you know, there's, there's going to be that time of, wow, what, who's, who's Solomon? What really? Who's Sol- Yeah. Right. What, what's going on? And Solomon, you had, Sol- right. wait a minute, hold on. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of fetching up. And we're all going to learn the truth. Yeah. The truth is, is that there's an enemy and that enemy desires nothing more than to destroy us. And God is our friend and he desires nothing more than to restore us. So one of the ways that enemy destroys us? Is a, is us wanting revenge? Right. That's one that of the will biggest. Consume the mind. Absolutely. And yeah. if it's if we don't think it's a revenge, um, just hatred and, um, I, yeah, I think revenge is a big deal when well, it comes to. Well, if you ever done a twelve step program, you get yeah. to to step number four, and you're going to write where all your resentments, all this stuff that's been the virus that's been rattling around right. in your brain and consuming your mind. And, and, and causing that damage and creating a different person than what God intended it to be for. So you go through and you write down all those resentments and you, you come to the realization that you, that you were involved in all the situations right. as well. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and so I think that that's why we, we, we created that workbook, Could mm-hmm. It Be This Simple? Because it, in that workbook, it gives the remedy of a restorative heart. Yeah. It allows us to see our part, other people's part, and to follow biblical principles in order to weed out all that, that the um, the incorrect um, thinking patterns that we have or actions that we have. Or the hate. The stuff, exactly. All that stuff. Yeah. Um, so... This, once again, the disciples, they're wondering what's going on about why why Jesus is not doing their will, and he's not looking real shiny right, right they now. They wondered why John the Baptist, you know, hadn't, yeah. hadn't been saved. Was yeah. Jesus a, a imposter, like the Pharisees had claimed? So disappointment after disappointment, they were literally, quote-unquote, in troubled waters. Their thoughts were stormy and unreasonable, and so... Jesus gave them something to um, occupy their minds, if you will. See, God does this with men to create burdens and troubles for themselves. The disciples are frustrated. Um, They're running on their own power. They're wondering why God is not doing what they want. And now they're starting to question God's ways. Right. And so... um, Danger was already fast approaching. And they didn't even know it. They didn't even know it. That violent storm was coming upon them, and they weren't prepared for it. It was was from the peaceful hilltop where Jesus was preaching into the shore with this storm. And up until that day, everything had—the day had been perfect. But—and when that storm hit, they were all afraid. Everyone worked to keep the boat from sinking. But then the exhausted men finally, finally gave themselves up for lost— and the storm of the darkness, the sea had taught them about their own helplessness. And there's the object lesson. See, after he fed the 5,000, they got in that boat. They got in that boat, and then, then came the storm. Well, they already had a storm going on between their ears. Right. And so what Jesus needed to do was show them a real storm, and they would forget. They could realize how helpless they really were. And I think, too, I think it kind of knocked them down from thinking of earthly kingdomship to, you know, it, I think that point kind of turned, started to turn things around. Yeah. You know, it kind of stopped them in their tracks. Yeah. And, you know, and, and so uh, they're, they're doing everything they can to save themselves, if you will. And um, 
which is an interesting point because it seems like that's the only time that we ever really do come to God is after we've tried and tried and tried to save ourselves. We're always in the midst of a storm, aren't we? we? Yeah, and and so God, God's, uh, he's always there for us, but it doesn't seem like we ask for his help until we've tried everything on the planet, everything in our power to, to um, try to remedy the situation ourselves. Right. Then we finally, so that's the metaphor of the boat when they're in there. We never really got to the walking on the water, so I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to put a little mark in my notes here. We have to get that on the next go around. But this is why the storm is brought. A lot of the times um, in our own in lives. our own lives, we we live through storms and we try everything to try to fix it ourselves. Uh, if you can give us a call if you need resources, Susan talked about the the book we have. Could it be this simple? Give us a call at nine one six six four five one two nine seven. And we'll get a book out to you, or two or three. Um, And thank you for listening. Remember, folks, there's only two ways to live your life. One is like nothing is a miracle. The other is like everything is a miracle. And you have the freedom to choose. Thank you for listening to Freedom to Choose. There is truly hope for people whose lives seem to be overrun with problems, unhealthy relationships, or even imprisoned by some form of addiction. Rich and Susan Kallenberg are living testimonials that biblical principles do work. They've authored resources available to move those you love toward freedom. If you'd like to order the Addiction Recovery Workbook, Seven Steps to Freedom, or the book, Could it be this simple, the way out of your prison? Please call Rich and Susan at 916-645-1297 or go to justasiamministries.com. As a nonprofit, they are supported by people like you. 916-645-1297 or justasiamministries.com. Thank you for listening. And remember, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you.